56% of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the competence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote-unquote okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the Confidence Workshop. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. All right, you guys, welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. My name is Janelle Lene, and I am so grateful you are here. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this podcast. Seriously, it's a big deal that you are taking time even during COVID times. I mean, you don't even have anywhere to drive probably, and you're still listening to this podcast. So thank you. And thank you for those of you who have left a review. I read through the reviews when I'm, you know, feeling glum. I scroll through and I get happy. No, I'm just joking. That's weird. But thank you so much for leaving your reviews. I really appreciate it. And lastly, I just want to say for those of you who know, I host a workshop for women in STEM called the Confidence Workshop. And a lot of you recently have introduced me to someone in HR, someone in diversity, inclusion, et cetera. And I just have had a lot of really cool speaking engagements lately and a lot of really cool ones coming up. And for those of you who have given those referrals, Referrals are my love language. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Today we have a badass queen that I am so excited to introduce to you all. Her name is Maggie Palmer. She is the founder and CEO of Pep Talk Her. It's an app that you can download for free literally right now. So unless you're currently driving, pull out your phone, pull it out, pull out your phone and download the app Pep Talk Her right now, Meggie and her team are on a mission to close the gender pay gap and to help supercharge your career. So Meggie, welcome to the show. 
so much for having me. What a delightful intro. Can you just like be my hype woman every day? That would be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Let's just schedule a call every day and hype each other yeah, because you're that? the same way. Yeah. Um, Maggie and I actually met because I, I love Sarah Blakely, huge Sarah Blakely fan, founder of Spanx. For those of you who are unsure, if you're unsure, stop listening to the show. You don't belong here. No, I'm just joking. Um, but Maggie was actually speaking at a conference with Sarah Blakely for Salesforce. Um, and Maggie, hadn't you been like manifesting or like speaking into existence that you were going to share a stage with Sarah Blakely or something like that? Yeah. Isn't it so funny? So I think, so we met a couple of months ago and it's funny, just pre COVID, I was like 2020, like, what's my jam? What am I going to do? And I was like, I just have a feeling that like, I'm going to meet Sarah Blakely this year. It was so weird. I just, put, I don't even know where it came from. And then during COVID, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, Corey Sue Morris, an amazing founder business called Retreat Foods. She emailed me and she was like, there's this red backpack fund sponsored by Sarah Blakely. You should apply. And I was like, I'm so busy, COVID, ah, I don't have time. And then for some reason I did apply at the last minute, of course. Uh, and we were one of the ones who very fortunately were given a red backpack grant from Sarah and the team and her amazing Red Backpack Foundation that supports women entrepreneurs uh, around the world. It was amazing. So had that opportunity to be given a grant from her. And then, yes, yeah, Salesforce asked me to, to come on um, a session with her. And so it was like one of those things where I was like, didn't meet her IRL, but in a COVID world, I'm claiming it. So <laughs> it's like you met her. I mean, she met you because you spoke. I mean, they weren't like together in the same room, but like one moment Maggie was yeah. talking and the next moment Sarah was talking. So yeah. basically- from what I gathered, you guys are best friends now. Oh, look, I wouldn't go that far. But <laughs> this year, why not? <laughs> right, exactly. Why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, you guys. So you can pull out your phones. Like I said, download the app, Pep Talk Her, or you can go follow this company on every major social media platform. Instagram, obviously, Pep, P-E-P, Talk, you know how to spell that and her H E R. You're definitely going to want to check it out. And then before we dive into all of the juicy content we have for today's podcast, will you tell us a little bit about your free five-day challenge and then who that challenge is for Maggie? Oh, I would love to. So everything that happened in COVID, just in general, we were like, whoa, this is a lot. And unfortunately, COVID-19 disproportionately impacted women right? So we were more likely to lose our jobs. We were more likely to have to take on more responsibilities at home. And so at Pep Talk Her, we were like, what can we do to help support? And so one of my mentors um, and our resident psychologist and I, we sort of got together, brainstormed, and we came up with a free five-day challenge. So it's peptalkher.com forward slash challenge. And it's a five-day know your worth challenge. So our theory is if you give us five minutes a day, for five days, we can hook you up, uh, help you understand your worth and ask for your worth. So it's our mission that everyone will be able to do this challenge and walk away with a $5,000 raise. That's the goal, right? So five minutes, five days to a 5K raise. So yeah, the, the pep talk her five day challenge. I would love for your audience to sign up. Who's this really good for? It's typically a really great fit for professional women, right? So if you're listening and you're kind of like between the ages of sort of like 25 and 55, we would love you to join. I will say we had some 60-year-olds on the course Woo! and we also had yes. some college yeah, so we, we listen, we've got a we are a broad church. We have a broad spectrum of people that are involved, but typically 
25 to 50, if you're a professional woman, if you're looking for support to understand your value, to know what that figure should be and how should you go about asking for that raise, then the five-day Know Your Worth Challenge is for you. So I would love to see you there. It's free. I also run um, every day during the challenge, I also do a, a free five-minute call. So it's an open coaching call. People can ask me questions. What do they like about the challenge? What do they not understand? So like to give you an example, in the last um, five-day challenge, one of the women rang her college student debt company and got like a $600 refund. Another woman rang her, rang her credit card and they refunded her annual fee. Someone else asked for a raise and I think she got a $4 an hour raise, which doesn't sound like much, but when you add that up, Adds that's up. like a couple of bucks um, a month, like a couple of grand a year, you know, so it all adds up. Um, yeah, so peptalker.com forward slash challenge. Would love to see your community in there. I'm such a fan of the work that you're doing. So cool. Yeah. And that is obviously linked below. So you guys join this five-day challenge. So amazing what you're doing, Maggie. Like this is so needed, especially now, like you said, with COVID, it's couldn't be better timing. So thank you for what you do. You're incredible. Oh, likewise. I'm just so delighted that Sarah Blakely brought the two of us together. How good. I know. Thank, thank you, Sarah. Sarah. I'm sure she'll be listening to this podcast with Sarah. If you're listening, thank you. And we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, okay. So give us three quick fun facts about you, and then we're going to get started with the serious stuff. Seriously. Okay. Three fun facts. I challenge anyone to eat more pasta than me in one sitting. I'm obsessed. <laughs> You know, like people will cook a bowl of like pasta for dinner and they'll just do half the packet. I'm like, please, we'll need the whole thing. I'll be eating all of it. Um, secondly, I have the two cutest nephews in the world, Owen and Bob. They're just gorgeous. Um, and they are in Australia, which is where I'm from, um, which leads me to my third fact, which is I live in New York City now, but I grew up in Australia and I actually did grow up with kangaroos in my backyard, which Normally is not the case for most Aussies, what? but I grew up on a farm and we really did have koalas and kangaroos. So there you go. What? That's amazing. Yeah. I know, so right? So your farm was like, like the, the kangaroos were a part of the farm? I mean, so they're wild. So it's funny. So actually kangaroos are a bit of a pest in Australia. Um, <laughs> and close your ears if you're an animal activist, but they're actually, they actually do cull kangaroos. They kind of shoot them because they become a bit of a pest in certain parts of Australia. But look, for us, like we, I grew up with sheep and um, chooks and horses and stuff like that. The kangaroos weren't like officially out like they were obviously on the paddock and on the lawn but like it's not like we fed them they're like wild animals but they're kind of like deer it's like when you have deer that walk across your lawn yeah, exactly it's oh, like a bear God. or a deer kind of thing australian style <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah. i had heard before that kangaroos in australia are like a pest and that people are annoyed by them which is funny because obviously here in america we'd be like oh my gosh a kangaroo that's amazing yeah. and they are cute although i will tell you my little sister she's an amazing entrepreneur you would love her she uh and if any of you are going to australia you have to dm me so i can send you her restaurants she owns the most amazing restaurants anyway she got attacked by a kangaroo once when she went camping she i don't know what she was like swimming in the ocean or something and walking out and this kangaroo fully like no. they're quite no they literally can be violent i know this is not a podcast about kangaroos but this is just <laughs> you guys actually we've decided this entire podcast is dedicated to talking about kangaroos and their violence <laughs> we are going to get to pay raises we're going to get to the fun stuff but for now we interrupt this podcast for an interlude on kangaroos yeah <laughs> 
That is hilarious. Was your, I mean, your sister's okay now, just maybe some PTSD and some, some trauma that she's had to work through with a therapist. No, nothing that bad. But if if anyone follows me on Instagram at Maggie Palmer, if you scroll back far enough, you'll see the photo of this kangaroo attacking her coming out of the ocean. It's kind of wild. Oh, you have a, you have a full on video of it. I have a photo, not a video. So they, honestly, because everyone listening right now wants to see this, I'm just going to link it below. Just yeah, you can link in to case thing. you really want to see the kangaroo attack. Like it's linked below. Cause it's that it's important. It's in the show notes. Yeah. totally. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Those are good facts. Those are good facts. Fun facts. Yeah. So fun. Okay. So a problem that you told me that super breaks your heart in this world that you wish you could solve is mm-hmm. the pay gap and the confidence gap. So I'm curious, why are you so passionate about that? Oh, that is such a good question. So, you know, it's funny. I mean, selfishly, the only reason I honestly know so much about the pay gap is because I experienced it myself. So I spent the first, gosh, 15 years of my career as a journalist um, in Australia and then in London for the BBC World uh, and eventually here in the United States and loved my job. It was so fun, uh, like such a privilege to meet people during the highest of highs and, you know, the lowest of lows as well, you know, going into disaster zones like post-earthquake in Nepal and, um, you know, covering stories of sex slavery in Italy and um, things like that. So love my job. It was a real privilege, but it was interesting. You know, at one point um, I, I had been poached from one network to another and I realized at one point that my paying conditions were actually fairly different to the blokes who were at the same level as me. And so I was like, oh, well, that's obviously just a mistake. Like, that's not meant to happen. And so I raised the, the question. I was like, oh, hey, just FYI. And they're like, yeah, cool. So if you don't like it, you can quit or you can take us to court. And I was like, what? Um, and, you know, I was raised, I was born in the 80s, you know, I was like raised this whole theory of women can do anything and girls can do anything. And I'd, I'd taken it literally. I was like, of course, I shouldn't be treated any differently. And I just didn't know. I didn't know that the pay gap is a thing. And for me, it was like that moment where the blinkers were taken off. And I was like, oh, this is how the world works. And so I was obviously enraged and I was really annoyed and all sorts of other things. And then I eventually got to the point where I was like, well, I've got two options. I can complain about it or I can kind of do something, you know? And I just felt like I didn't want to just be another complainer. I didn't want to just sit there and rage about it. I wanted to do something. And so long story short, fast forward to where I am today, living in New York City, uh, running a very fast growth company that supports Um, tens of thousands of women all around the world um, to understand and know their value. And ultimately our mission is around closing that pay gap. So good. Wow. I can't imagine that moment where you just feel like you got punched in the stomach being like, wait, this isn't just like an an accident or like a mistake. It's just like, they're just like, this is what it is. Take, take it or leave it. Yeah. And it's, and I think like, you know, inequality really annoys me. Like ever since I was a kid, you know, if I got in trouble for something that my brother did. I was, I hated that as well. You know, it's always really grated on me. And so to see a very large company sort of like treat me with disdain and in fan and not in fairness, that's the wrong word, but this was a long time ago. So this happened to me or going back, you know, what is it? Not quite 10 years, but so going back long enough such that the conversation thankfully has progressed. Right. Yeah. I think that if I'd raised that now, 
I, I would like to hope the response would be slightly different. I'm sure it wouldn't be as um, magnanimous as I would like, but I'm sure nowadays, I hope, fingers crossed, companies are more aware, right, that you cannot push this under the carpet. That's not how this works. Um, and it's not okay. And in fact, in most developed countries, it is illegal, right, to pay someone less for like-for-like -like work. And yet we know it still happens, right? And we know that the pay gap is give or take 20%-ish for most developed countries. And it is that's for white women. And that gap is much bigger for women of colour um, and Latina women as well, right? So there's a gender pay gap and then there's like a racial pay gap as well, which wow. is even worse. Wow. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge because, you know, we want to we wanna close that gap for everyone. Mm, so mm. good. Okay. So you heard that you wanted to make a change. So did you immediately like quit that day and launch pep talk her or what was the progression? <sighs> um, no, I tried to be friends. I was like, let's sort this out. Yay. <laughs> and it just didn't work. Um, you know, and, and, and so unfortunately it was quite a stressful situation and it wasn't the amicable departure that I would have loved it to have been because they just weren't willing to acknowledge um, what was happening. And so, um, I eventually left, I worked in journalism for a little longer and I, and I loved it. I had an amazing job as a foreign correspondent and I, you know, traveled to Syria, um, and interviewed Bashar al-Assad in his palace in Damascus and stuff like that. So continued my career in journalism for a bit, but still had this niggling idea that I was like, what happened to me sucked. And it was very stressful. Right. And I'm a pretty confident, resourceful person, you know, and I had the means and savings that I could, I eventually left that job because I could, you know, right. I fought it because I felt that I had to on behalf of other people who didn't have that means, you know, like if I had a mortgage or children or whatever, or no savings, I couldn't have afforded to have quit. Right. Like I would have had to have stayed. And I kind of felt like quite compelled to make that argument on behalf of others who came after me. I, I kind of wanted to send a message to them. Like, it's not okay. And you shouldn't have done it to me and do not even think about doing it to someone else. Um, I don't hope I, I'm sure they have gone on to do it to other people, but when I left, I was in the, in the back of my head, basically pep talk her became a side hustle. And the, the goal then was really, I didn't want others to experience the stress and anxiety that I did. And I didn't want others to be naive. I was so naive to know, like, I had no idea that this gender pay gap exists. I thought that if I did my job well, of course I would be paid equally. And I, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't. And so I wanted to take the blinkers off for other people. I wanted to educate other people and provide them with like a central repository of, you know, toolkits of information of support, basically. And so I started, you know, the at pep talk her um, Instagram account, we started pep And then slowly, 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 more people would ask me for advice. And then someone would be sacked while pregnant, and they would ask me for help. Someone else would get no raise for six years and ask me for help. And it just grew and grew and grew. And now, you know, we've got 60, 70,000 women around the world um, in our community who are using the, the app who are who are connecting with us um, with the free challenge, um, you know, all those kinds of things. So and it's our mission to, to grow that and we want to impact a million women um in the next two years so we've got a lot of work to do wow so cool you are yeah. so inspiring i love that hello just in case you were starting to hit your mid podcast lull we're going to take a quick break from the regularly scheduled events to boost your energy and have a little extra fun around here i'm going to ask today's guest 
rapid fire questions. And then we'll pop back into the conversation right where we left off. Here we go. It is time for Power Hour Rapid Fire Questions. Uh, uh, uh. Maggie, what is the best advice you have ever received? Leap and the net will appear. Ooh, so yeah. cool. Favorite quote. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, what is your favorite beverage? Oh, I'm so boring. Probably water. Good I just for like you. Water. No, like that's great. Water. Really old school. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, um, fill in the blank. I have a blank at my desk at all times. Mm, I have, what do I always have at my desk? Um, I have a plant at my desk at all times. I always like having a bit of greenery. It keeps me grounded. What kind of plant? Um, just anything. I don't actually know the names of it. Not cactus because when I water them, they hurt my finger. So just like something green and something that's good to keep alive, even if you're a bit like hopeless of that, like me. So something... <laughs> Like what are those things called? Succulents. There you go. That's succulents. What it's okay. It's succulent. Perfect. You can keep those alive. <laughs> yes. Just, just amazing. Okay. What is a strange or potentially even bad habit that most people don't know that you have? Oh, this is so bad. I'm really embarrassed to say that I bite my nails. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to get shellac more often so that I stop it, but it's so bad. I know I need to fix that. That's okay. I think that like every other person I've ever asked that question says the same thing. So <laughs> you're good. You're Gucci. Okay. What book are you reading or podcast are you currently listening to? I am list. I'm actually reading. I'm going to grab it for you and show the readers. Okay. So the book that I'm reading right now is Winners Take All by Anand Giriahadis. I'm loving it. Very interesting read. Highly recommend it. Why should someone listen or why should someone read it? It's really interesting. It challenges your views on the world. It challenges your views on impact work, on not-for-profits. And it just makes you think about how can we as a society better structure the world so that all of us can kind of get to a point of uh, equality in the world and like having a living wage and having a roof over our heads as opposed to the huge disparity we have in the globe right now. Wow. So cool. You're cool. Um, what is your favorite personality test, if any? Ooh, okay. I if you want a free one, 16personalities.com obsessed. I also love Gallup Strength Finders. If you have 20 bucks to spare, just do the five one. It's $19.99. Really good, powerful. Okay, what is your 16 personalities and what are your top five? Ooh, so my 16, I'm the advocate, I'm the green one. And then in terms of um 16 personality, is the advocate the ENFJ? Uh, I always forget the letters. I think so. He's like yeah. a dude and he's like holding a staff. Yes. I, Me I too. I'm also. Yeah, okay. So we're the same. Okay. And great. then on personalities, I'm positivity, strategic, um, uh, uh, developer, oh, um, activator. And there's another one and I can't remember what it is, but yeah, love it. Love that. So stuff. cool. So cool. Okay. Um, will you ever move from where you currently live? Probably. I live in New York City. This is certainly home for the next decade or so, maybe longer. Who knows? Um, But I am from Australia, so I'm sure I'm always going to be traveling back and forth to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense where the family is. Totally. Where the farm is with the kangaroos that are attacking you. You know, those (laughs) kangaroos. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, Maggie. And what was your best moment thus far as a businesswoman? 
Oh, that's a good question. I just love, I just, I get a lot of selfishly, a lot of satisfaction out of seeing my clients' results. Um, from the $4 an hour raise up to, we just had, would you believe, Janelle, we had our first student get a six-figure pay raise. What? Which is insane. I think it was $103, 870 or something like that. It was like a six-figure raise. Isn't that, isn't that just bananas? Wait, so, so like how much was she making before? And then she got like, was she making 100000 and they doubled it to like 200000 or something? Yeah, so she was on, was she on like, she might have like 140 or 160 and we got her up to like 270 wow. something like that. It was, it was a lot, it was significant. It's you incredible. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, like if anyone's listening, like, you know, she had, she had not negotiated in the past. Um, and she was able to position the value she brought. And we, we helped her identify her zone of genius and the parts about her that actually no one else could replicate and the reasons why she was actually indispensable and they couldn't lose her. And so we got her a raise, but also a promotion. So she kind of had the double bump. Wow. So cool. Congratulations, Maggie. And congratulations to that woman. Hopefully you're listening to this. Shout out to you, sister. That's amazing. Yeah. So cool. Thanks for sharing, Maggie. Woo! That was exciting. I hope you are feeling energized like I am. Let's go ahead and get back to our regularly scheduled events. Okay, so something you also mentioned is the confidence gap. Will you talk about that? So I think, you know, and I think this is interesting. I think there's a lot of us who are very confident and sometimes we're in situations like maybe asking for a raise where sometimes that confidence can dissipate for whatever reason. And I, I, you know, to me, this is not a situation of, I don't like, it's not our fault that in certain situations we feel less comfortable. You know, I think the way that we're socialized from a very early age impacts the way we behave now. So to give you an example, Janelle, when you look at the gender pay gap, for example, that gap that disconnects between what boys are worth and what girls are worth actually starts back in childhood, wow. right? So there's three separate studies in three different countries that have proven that little girls actually get paid less allowance, less pocket money, for those of you in the Asia-Pacific region, less allowance than little boys. So they're getting less for their chores than the boys are getting for their chores. And so, like, let's just break that down. Like, parents are not inherently bad people it's not like they intentionally do that of course they would never Mm. do that it's just unconscious right and so there is this perception that we all have because of the way that we've been raised and the way that our parents are raised and the way that our grandparents were raised there's a perception that chopping wood or you know doing work in the shed or the garden or whatever is really hard and should be really well paid Whereas maybe like the work around the house that I'm talking in general terms, of course, maybe the work around the house is kind of easier and is fluffier and doesn't have the same amount of value. And so that gap starts then. And so, of course, all of us, to some extent, internalize the fact that, oh, well, that's more important. Oh, well, you know, like I couldn't possibly, oh, no, you know, like that whole mindset, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are nodding along to. Um, and that starts back then, right? So I think we have to have grace for ourselves and understand that because I don't want people to think that there's anything wrong with us because of the way that we think or the way that we feel, right? It's going to take generations for us to change this unconscious bias and discrimination that exists. And so 
all of us can do our little part and certainly pep talk her from our perspective. It's about that grassroots shift slowly, but surely in combination with, we need policy change. We need companies to start to change their policies too. So that over time we can hopefully get to that point of equilibrium quicker than currently um, the trends suggest. I mean, the UN women is, is suggesting it's going to take more than a century for us to reach that point of equality. And I just, am, I don't know about you, but I'm just not willing to wait that long. So no. I just kind of want to activate now and like, let's do what we can and let's hit the ground running. And um, yeah, I don't want to wait that long, you know? Right. Wow. That's a really interesting point you bring up that I've literally never thought of before about the house chores. And so like the first thing I think of is, yeah, like let's say sweeping the kitchen versus chopping wood. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one is more hard work, laborious, right. Maybe, uh, the boy who chops the wood is going to be more sore or sweats or something. Whereas the sweeping, she's probably not going to be sore after she sweeps or like not sweating or something like that. So there's like, it's missing that hard work component or something like that. Um, and so it's almost interesting because it kind of reflects on like hard versus soft skills brought into the workplace. Like, yeah. you know, well, it's actually interesting because if you think about, you know, across America, like um, someone who labors in the workforce, let's say a construction worker or a, um, you know, a plumber, maybe usually those who actually don't make as much as someone who sits at a computer all day and works their mind more working in tech sales or something like that. So it's interesting that at a young age, we can think, okay, one is hard laborious work. One is maybe more finesse or detail oriented or whatever the sweeping. I don't, it's just, it's such an interesting comparison I know, but I'm just going down this rabbit hole to think about all of this. Um, and so then, but, but it flip-flops as we get older in the way that hard work is generally not as well paying and then more finesse and emotional intelligence type work is actually better paying. And so if anything, you would think that us women should have been set up for success because we have a lot of that finesse and we have that emotional intelligence often very naturally. So anyway, it's just so interesting. It is interesting. And, you know, I think there's a bigger conversation to be said around, yeah, is is the gap in in how we perceive all types of work in society fair and equitable? And you know, I know there's some amazing Asian crew from the Domestic Workers Alliance. She's doing amazing work advocating for people who are typically among the lowest paid in our community. You know, um, care workers who are looking after our kids at home or helping support um, families in in their homes. But often they're paid below minimum wage, and so there's this disconnect as well with our perception of different types of work. And I think it's a really interesting conversation um, to, un to unpack further in future as well. Yeah, totally. Okay. So when it comes to asking for a raise, why do yes. you think it's so scary for women to ask for a raise? Well, yeah, like, let's think about this. So if you're, if you're listening today, like just have a, have a, have a think if I said to you, okay, cool. You're going to go in and ask for a raise in five minutes. Physically, how do you feel? And I don't know, Janelle, if I said that to you, like if, if you were still working in a company and I said, you got five minutes, you got to ask for a raise, like what would come up for you physically? How would you feel? Like, do you feel like anxiety in your chest? Do you kind of start to sweat, like freak out? Right. Like you start to feel a little bit of like pressure on your like throat and chest. Yeah. And you're like, I can't breathe. <laughs> Is there any air coming in? <laughs> and you start to sort of go like, maybe your mind goes a bit blank or maybe you sort of like start having these rushed thoughts 
and maybe you start thinking, do you know what? I'm just going to call in sick today. I don't want to have this conversation. Um, and you know, one of the most common things that I hear women say to me is when I talk to them about their pay, they say, do you know what? I'm actually paid well. I would rather be paid well, even if it's a little under what I could be paid. I don't want to have the conversation. Wow. I'd rather just coast along. I don't want to have the conversation. And they often say to me, they don't want to have the conversation because they're nervous. They don't want to rock the boat. And frankly, they don't want to be perceived as a BITCH. They don't want to be perceived as high maintenance, as hard work. Um, They don't want to be perceived as that person in the office, you know. And what I always say to them is I say, I'm so stoked for you that you're being paid well. That is amazing. What if you were paid great? What if you were paid excellently? What if you were paid extraordinarily well? Like, what would that be like for you, but also for your partner or your sister or your mum? Could you buy your mum a new car or could you support your kids through college or could you just like finally, finally take that holiday you've never been able to afford to take? Like, what would that mean if we just took a moment to think, what if I was doing great? excellently or extraordinarily what would that look like what could that look like and the thing is as well and one of my mentors said this to me she said you know when she negotiates it's not about her it's about her family her kids her dogs the next generation of women in the workforce that come after her you know that's how she negotiates and it's interesting when you think about the way women perform best in a negotiation there's been research that shows that we actually are great negotiators on behalf of others yeah right but sometimes yeah so that reframe it's not about what do i meggy want to be paid it's about well if i get paid more what does that mean for everyone around me what what message does that send to my boss and the people in my team who come after me and so I think it's that slight reframe um, that's very helpful in how you approach those conversations. Hmm, that's good. Okay, so say someone, you just said, okay, in five minutes, you're going to ask for a raise. Mm-hmm. What should someone do in these five minutes to okay. actually prepare? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. You might need a coffee. Let's go, let's go. Got five okay. So you're going to grab out a notepad. If you're old school like me, you're going to grab out a pen and some paper. You might have a Google Doc, whatever it is. Ideally, you will have already had the Pep Talk Her app. You're going to quickly open that up and you're going to go through your wins because we help you track all of your successes, right? So listen, if you've got five minutes to go, I need you to rack your brain. What have you done in the last 12 months that has been amazing? Like, what are the goals that you've kicked? What has your boss been stoked about? What have your clients been stoked about? Where have you added value to the culture? Did you organize the holiday party? Did you organize a Zoom book club during COVID? Did you sign a $200,000 client for the business? What have you done that's epic? Did you help um, little Jimmy to read as a grade two teacher and he couldn't read at the start of the year? So quickly write down your top three wins for the year. What are those top three wins that you've had, right? So you want to, so, so it's all about like tracking those successes, right? Um, so you want to track those successes and you want to talk about money and you want to ideally have been talking about money before we get to this point, right? Um, the reason I need you to be talking about money is I need you to write down three figures. So you want to write down your wish, your want, and your walk figure. So if your boss says to you, okay, I've heard your argument, I've heard all these successes. You're right. You are quite excellent. How much do you want to be paid? You've got to be ready with your numbers. And if they come to you with an offer, you need to know where does that sit? Because you're going to be nervous. 
right? You're going to be nervous. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, what did they just say? So you need to have a clear understanding of what is my wish figure? What's the crazy figure that I just think is ridiculous to be paid? What is the want figure where I'd be stoked to jump out of bed and work really hard every day? And what is the walk figure where I go, do you know what? I'm worth more than that. And actually I'm either going to quit or start looking for another job ASAP. So you need to have an understanding of what are those three figures before you go in, right? You've got to be prepared. So preparation, honestly, Janelle, is like the most important thing. Wow. Cool. Okay. So write out the three wins, have mm-hmm. your wish number, your want number, and your walk number, the number that you would walk away if they do not offer you that number. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else to do to prepare for the meeting? Well, the other thing is, is to get ready to ask. So you've got to ask the question. So you might have a performance review coming up and you need to be at the end of the performance review. Your boss says, Sally, excellent. Thank you for coming in. It's been great to chat. And you've got to go, well, actually, um, thank you for that feedback. Really helpful. Uh, I just want to talk to you about my compensation package and the opportunity for a raise. And you've got to ask the question every year. You need to be asking the question every year. One of my clients, she said to me the other day, oh, no, I couldn't ask for a raise. And I said, oh, why not? She said, I asked for one six years ago. So no, there was no money in the budget. So I can't ask for a raise. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Oh my gosh. 2021. So you asked for a raise in 2015. Do you know how much inflation has gone up in five years? A lot. And so if you're not, so typically inflation, COVID is a weird time, right? But typically inflation runs one to 3%, which means if your pay doesn't go up by one to 3% every year, you are literally sliding backwards, wow. right? Because probably your rent goes up. For sure, your car insurance payments go up. You know, a cheeseburger at McDonald's goes up. Um, <laughs> a can of Coke goes up, right? Like everything gets more expensive, you know? And maybe like, it's just like over those years, everything gets more and more expensive. And economists prove this, right, with inflation. So listen, you've got to be getting 1% to 3% a year at least. Now, if you want an actual raise, it's got to be more than that. And so if you don't ask every year, it's very easy. Now, if I'm this, this client I've talked about, if I'm her boss, she asked me six years ago, I said, no, cool. She hasn't oh, asked wait, me. So wait, did he say no six years ago and she hasn't asked again in six he years? Said no. Yeah, correct. He said no six years ago and she's never asked since. Oh so my gosh. If she'd been asking every six years, hey, John, could I please have a raise? Look at all this great stuff I've done. Hey, John, I know you said last year there's no budget, but could I please have a raise? Could I please have a raise? Could I please have a raise? It, you can see how if you ask every year, it's a lot harder to say no, 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 no. They might, and I would at that point question why you've stayed so long, but putting that to one side, it's it's very hard to keep saying no. You know, and so you've got to be asking the question every year. You've got to, they can say no, and you've got to be performing, obviously, and succeeding to be able to be entitled to raise, but you've got to ask the question every year. And certainly when you're in that meeting, when you've got that time with your boss, you've got to get up the guts and the courage to ask the question. Mm, That's so good. Yeah. So how much of that do you think is tied to self-worth? So much of it, right? And the thing is, like, so there's two different ways. I could walk in there and I could be like, um, John, thanks for that feedback. Could I please have a raise? That's, that's one way that I could ask. 
right? And straight away, everyone listening can be like, oh, that was very quick and quiet. And did she just, what, what just happened? You can see straight through the fact that I'm not asking with confidence. I'm clearly nervous. I'm obviously not really believing what I'm saying, as opposed to me saying, John, thank you for that feedback. I'm so thrilled with the progress I've made this year and the amazing impact that I've had on the company. I think that actually my compensation should be increased by around 12% this year, commensurate with the value that I've added to the business. Love to know your thoughts on this. Wow. So you can see the two different ways of asking. The second way is like, yeah, gosh, you're lucky to have me. Oh, this is amazing. Like how good. And the first one was like, you just like rushing through it and you feel small and you can, people, people can, when I, when I went through that experience I mentioned earlier about realizing I was underpaid I spoke to a woman and she said to me she goes you know people she's like do not do any calls with people until you get your confidence back because she's like people will see straight through it they'll hear it in your voice and she's like that is not the perception that you should be giving off and I've never forgotten that you know I've never forgotten that she said that to me it's so true you've got to give off the perception and behave in the way that you want to be perceived. And so don't ask for a raise for the first time in that meeting. Ask in the mirror every morning, get out your iPhone or your Google phone, whatever, record yourself, watch it back and say, that's terrible. My eyes are darting all over the place. I look nervous. Do it again. Do it again. Practice with your brother. Practice with your best mate. Practice with your mentor at work. Like literally practice having that conversation. I always get my dad to do a fake interview and I get him to make make me cry. I'm like, ask me hard questions and make me cry. <laughs> it's amazing. Seriously, because that's the goal. Because if I cry in a safe environment, practice, whatever, the consequences are really nothing. I have to reapply my mascara and that's it. If I cry in a meeting with a huge client or with a new boss, those consequences are significant. So I want you to get all your nerves and all that energy and all that freak out out of the way before you're in that meeting. Because when you're in that meeting, you've got to put your best foot forward because we got to get you that raise, you know? Right. And something I love that you said is about, like when if you're doing your camera, for example, or a mm-hmm. friend or whatever, mm-hmm. making the eye contact because eye contact is so huge. And that's something I talk a lot about with the confidence workshop is you've got to make direct eye contact. And if your eyes are shifting all around, that's one surefire way for someone to know that you are really nervous because you're all shifty, you know, you're acting all mousy. So give direct eye contact, hold that eye contact, even though it feels a little bit awkward and feels a little bit weird, but you just hold that eye contact and be intense. Like, yeah, a little bit of intimidation factor. That's fine. You hold it. It means you're confident. Yes. And, and you're so right on the eye contact piece. I really, I really just want to acknowledge that. That's so true. I think it is about eye contact and confidence. And the other thing is embracing the silence. So you're going to ask the question and you're going to, so you're going to be like, so, you know, based on my, based on my import, based on my successes, I've exceeded my KPIs. I think that an 8% pay raise is, is, is a really great fit for me this year. And then you're going to say nothing. You're going to say nothing. Let them fill the dead air and just sort of sit there and just, and just own it and sit in that space and let them go, oh, 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 what, oh, you, oh. you don't have to fill that space. It is not your job. You are within your rights to ask the question. You can be polite. You're not going to demand anything. You don't need to be rude about it. Just be really polite. State the facts. We're not here to lie. We're here to state the facts. We're here to state the impact and the value. Put it out there and then it is up to them to fill the dead air. You know, and again, if they come back to you, you do not have to respond straight away. So you've got to have those little phrases in your toolkit to say, thank you. 
I've heard that offer. I'd like to take a couple of days to think about it. If you could email that to me in writing, I'll take a couple of days to think about it. You don't have to respond then and there. They've just thrown a number at you. Like, you know, you don't have to be put on the spot. You can take control back and you can say, listen, I'd love to take an hour or two to think about it and I'll come back to you. I'd love to take a week or two. I'd love to consult with my family and I'll let you know. You know, I think often we just think that the other person on the side of the negotiating table has all of the power. And actually you forget that you are valuable and you absolutely are within your rights to, to own your power as well. Right. It's not just a one-way interview. It's a two-way interview. And you're looking to see if you want to keep working for that company based on your compensation. (laughs) And yeah, the power of the pause. That's one of my favorite quotes. There is power in the pause. So you just let that blank space sit there and it's going to feel uncomfortable, but you just let them sweat. (laughs) So good. Oh, Hey there. You may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose and then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. Okay. I got a couple more questions for you. There's so much value here. This is amazing. One thing I saw on your website for the five-day challenge that you talk about is why rejection is the best medicine. So why is rejection the best medicine? So yeah. So one of the days in the five-day challenge, we focus on being told no. So all of your listeners can get a little sneak peek into the free five-day challenge today. Um, You can sign up if you want, peptalko.com slash challenge, or just keep listening. And we're going to talk you through a module now. So I want you to go to a supermarket and like uh, go to a big supermarket, you know, like a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods or something like that. You can go to Target, whatever, something big. And I want you to grab your favorite candy and I want you to go to the checkout line. And when you're at the checkout, I want you to say, hey, um, I just wanted to grab these milky bars. I was just wondering, is it okay if I please get a discount? And I want you to ask for a discount at a big supermarket because what do you think is going to happen, Janelle? Um, I have no idea. I guess I'm trying to like, I guess they might think, be like, let me, they probably will say no at first, but maybe they like, maybe they'll look to see if they have anything available. I don't know. You right. might get it. <laughs> you might get it. And, and I think your first point is a good one. They'll probably say no, right? Like they're probably going to say no. Um, I will say I had one person do this challenge and they were like, well, we have a pensioner discount. We could offer you that. 
And she was like, I'll take it. I'll take the 5%. But actually, I don't even want you to succeed. In this occasion, this is one you to succeed. I want you to be told no, because you take your chocolate, you go to the checkout, you ask for a discount, they say no. And then what happens? Okay, wait, so they say no, and you're still checking out? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, I don't get, what's the question? Do you want to buy the bar or do you not want to buy the bar? I don't know. At this point, it doesn't matter. You can pay full price for the bar. You can put the bar down and walk out. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, someone said no to you and the world did not stop spinning. Oh. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, they're going to look at you a bit weird, probably. You're going to feel so awkward and you're going to hate me for asking you to do this. But you're going to walk out. You're probably never going to see that person again. The world will not end. And you've learned that actually when someone says no to you, that is okay. And sometimes that happens. And just like I've explained to you that it's really important you ask for a raise every year, sometimes they will say no. And that is okay. And one of the things that we talk about in the career level up is how do you then pivot to non-monetary benefits? But even putting that to one side, if they say no, that is okay. You are still within your rights to ask the question. And this is what I'm saying. I don't want people to like go into a salary negotiation and ask for the first time. I want you to start asking now in low consequence ways. Ask at the supermarket. They're probably going to say no. It doesn't matter. You'll be a little bit embarrassed and your life will continue. You can get on the phone and call your cell phone provider and ask them for a discount. See what happens. You can ask your insurance company for a discount. Like you can ask all the time and I want you to do that. The more that we exercise this asking muscle, the the stronger it becomes, the easier it becomes, the more confident we become, right? So equally, if I wanted massive biceps, I would go to the gym every day and do these ones every day at the gym, right? And my muscle would get like a little bit, little bit, little bit bigger over time. And it's the same thing when it comes to exercising those muscles in our mind, right? Those, Those brain synapses, the pathways in our mind that we want to strengthen. We don't just strengthen them overnight, right? We've got to practice, 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 fix it, fix it, fix it, be told no, be told yes, be told no, be told yes, and be able to roll with the punches either way. And so that's why I love people to practice in an environment where it really does matter. And I want you to hear the words no, because being rejected is not the end of the word. And there's this whole, I love this idea of like a a rejection is just a redirection. You know what I mean? And And I think, you know, this is a bit more advanced, but we can get to this. Like if you are rejected from a salary perspective, how do you then redirect the conversation to get to something else that you want? So yes, you want money. If they don't have that, what else is on the negotiation table as well? Wow. That reminds me of when I was a young teenage girl and I wanted to get my nose pierced and I knew my dad would say no, but I knew what he would think was worse was the belly button piercing. <laughs> oh, right. So yeah. did you do like a bait and switch? Yes, I oh. did. And it worked beautifully. Like I was like, he will think belly button is so much worse, but nose is like better compared to that. So I totally anchored him. I learned about anchoring before anchoring was like a thing for a 16 year old. So I started with the belly button. I also, it was so sneaky. Gosh, I'm a manipulative person at the root. I waited till his favorite basketball team had won their game. And right when they won the game, I asked him about the belly button piercing, which I didn't want. I just wanted the nose. And he was like, ha, ah, and didn't know how to respond. And so I kept pushing the belly button. And then like a few weeks later, he was like, he was like, oh, I just really don't like that. But do you still want your nose pierced? And I was like, yes, that'll work. 
Well yep. do. And it's, it's funny that you say that too. It's, you know, you talk about, you learn about anchoring as a teenager. And this is the thing, you know, if you've ever, I've got nephews, if you've got kids or grandkids or friends with kids, kids are great negotiators. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go to bed. Can I have an ice cream? If I have an ice cream, then I'll go to bed. Like they yes. know. We actually are great negotiators from a very young age. We just don't call it negotiating then, right? It's, but, but we inherently know how to negotiate. We know how to sort of have these conversations. But for some reason, we've built it up in our head when it pertains to salary and stuff like that, we freak out. But you have the skills. You already know how to do it. It's just about like reminding you and kind of refreshing you that it's all within you anyway. It's just putting it into practice in a different scenario. Yes. Which goes full circle to the first thing that you said at the very beginning, which is all of us get to get more comfortable talking about money. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, you see that I talk about money all the time. My husband and I bought a car together this last weekend and it's sick, but I was talking about like our debt journey and our, like, I just think that people get to talk more about money. They get to look at their money more. It's like an entire thing around getting comfortable talking about money, thinking about money, looking at numbers, crunching numbers. Like it's okay. It's just money. We don't need to have so much like fear and scarcity around it. And so much anxiety around money. It's just, you wouldn't think it's weird if I was like talking this much about pizza. Like if I was talking about pizza, I'd be like, I want five sizes of pizza be a lot, you know, be like, all right, pizza, whatever. But as soon as it's money, it's bad. You know, it's like just perception we put on ourselves. You know, that comes back to how we're socialized too. And I do think it's harder for women, you know, and I, I I don't, I, I don't want to make everything about gender, but I do think that it is harder for women because this is very stereotypical, but, but we know through history, men and boys have typically spoken about money and investing and stuff like that from quite a young age as opposed to the topics that maybe little girls were talked about with from a young age, you know? So I'm really passionate about this as well. And I think, you know, financial freedom is such a gift because it gives you choice. And that's why it really excites me for women to be paid more because if you have more money in your bank, that is game changing. More money in your retirement account, game changing. Imagine if you could retire at 55 instead of 65. Like how good do you know what if yes. you can get down to 45 or 48 or 52 like you don't have to you could keep working but if you had the choice what choices would you make and I think as well for women you know like often again this is a statistical thing like we know that women often stay in bad relationships because they feel tethered for monetary reasons so mm-hmm. I love the idea of all of us becoming financially independent so that the choices we make are the choices we really want to make not wow. the choices we feel we have to make. Do you know what I mean? Because wow. of like a like a money um, restriction, I suppose, over our head because we might be reliant on other people. So I think self-reliance when it comes to money is an amazing gift to give yourself. So good. Yes. Come on. Okay, yes. sweet. So the last question of this podcast is if you could have every listener walk away and take action on one specific item, what would it be? Well, I would just love all of your listeners to know that they're so awesome. And I think sometimes we forget that. Like, I think all of us are awesome in our own way. And there's things that I do, Janelle, that you can't do. There's things that you do that I could never do. There's things that listeners on this call are amazing at that I just suck at. For example, I had a call with my accountant earlier today. I am a nightmare client. I am probably their most annoying (laughs) client because I'm so bad, but she's so good at it. She's so good at it. And she's awesome at that, you know, and I'm awesome at my thing. And I think sometimes we forget, we're like, oh, I'm just like, why could I ever ask for a raise? Like, who am I to ask? Like, of course you can ask. Find out what is awesome about you. If you don't know, 
do me a favor, grab your phone, not if you're driving, grab your phone and text a friend, text your best mate and just say, hey, I've just listened to this podcast with Janelle and Maggie from Pep Talk Her. What is the one thing that you reckon is the most awesome thing about me? Text a friend. If you can't figure it out for yourself, what's awesome about you, text a friend. Get some external yeah. feedback. And I just want you to remember that, you know, because it's a busy world. There's a lot going on. I know you've got a lot on your plate. And I just want you to remember that there are actually things about you that are so impressive and so awesome that no one else in this world can replicate. And I want you to remember that the next time you're going to negotiate. I want you to lean into that and really own that and understand your value. Um, and if I could do anything to help support you with that, please just let me know. Join the, the challenge, peptalko.com slash challenge, or send me a DM at peptalkher on Instagram and let's chat about it. See us as your cheerleaders and uh, so excited to hear everyone's journey. Yeah, Maggie, you are incredible. You are powerhouse. I'm so inspired by you. Um, your inspiration. I'm just like riding a high from you. So thank you so <laughs> much for pepping me up. I feel so pepped up. You're incredible. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, you are welcome. You are so welcome. I love the podcast. I love the community you've built and I can't wait to stay in touch. Thank you. Thanks Maggie.